I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, your ticket to some of the hottest shows by award-winning playwrights. We're back with part two of the hit play, Mixtape, by writer and performer Zarana Sadek. If you missed part one, here's a quick recap to help you catch up. Zarana fell in love with music and sound when she attended band camp as a kid. She grew up loving to sing and was cast in the lead role in her elementary musical. Her mom, who was a writer, would use words as weapons and put everyone into two categories, excellent or mediocre. Zorana would listen to her parents fight and lose herself in music and mixtapes. This is part two of Mixtape, written and performed by Zorana Sadek. So, print through. I want to talk to you about something called print through. The average recordable cassette ranges from Z46 to C120, that's minutes. The shorter cassettes have a thickness of about 16 micrometers, since you asked. As the cassettes increased in play length, the film got thinner in order to fit into the body of the cassette. So because of the thinner ribbon, longer playing cassettes are susceptible to something called print-through. Print-through is a transfer of signal patterns, music in this case, from one layer of the tape to another. And the tape is constantly in contact with the rest of the film because of the way that it sits, wound concentrically on the reel. This tape has had two goes on it. I made one mix in 91, and then I recorded over it in 92 with newer stuff. One of the things I really hate about digital music is that the time between the tracks is sort of standardized. But on my mixtape, I could decide on the pause. And sometimes I wanted a bigger pause. Like between the Dream Academy's Life in a Northern Town, there was a juicy, nice pause of, I don't know, I want to say... Nine seconds to get us ready for George Michael's freedom. But in that pause, so faintly, you can hear the ghost of a 91 track, Prince's Darling Mickey. You can't always predict what remains on the tapes or in our memories. I do find myself wondering what, unbeknownst to us, transfers, you know, asserts itself again later. 
And who decides? Music is also a kind of privacy. What you do inside it, where you go, in your imagination, secret trips. Remember those? In your teens? So I heard a lot of opinions about what was good and what wasn't and what was brilliant and what was just noise. But I made a bid for a little private arena inside my mind, inside my bedroom, where I had a Prince poster above my bed. I couldn't get enough of that album, Purple Rain. He had that ruffled high collar. He was like Byron on a motorcycle. Prince actually screamed when he sang, and I loved that, that, you know, he would let out this blood-curdling scream, and then in the next breath, pure laser falsetto. I didn't sing along to Prince. His voice acted like a surrogate for mine, a, a screaming surrogate. He wasn't strident, no, but there was something in there a bit like that, forceful, insistent, my father has always used the word soft to describe me. In the context of my family, I was a soft daughter. I read somewhere that Prince had been a soft child too, and then his voice came out of him like a greater-than symbol. I obsessed over this, over what Houdini trick he did to change himself into the shape of that symbol from the shape that he had been before. So on this same tape after Prince's romp with George Michael is the curvy, ingenue voice of Kate Bush. On this tape, it's cloud busting. Oh, but I remember the kick inside, cuddled up to my Prince cassette on the shelf and her on the cover, red suede boots, big mop of glossy curls. She had this wily chameleon voice that she could fit to all the characters that she played. Bronte heroine, soldier, inventor, shipwrecked traveler. Her voice was feminine power on all her albums. Hounds of Love, The Sensual World, Lionheart. Did I see myself in Kate Bush's body too? Maybe. I spent more time listening than looking. We all did. In the 80s, there was no internet. So the only thing that you could do over and over again was really listen. And she sounded like a storybook warrior version of me, of what I might sound like if I could shape sound too. There was also a record that I loved. An album of Joaquin Rodrigo's Concierto de Aranjuez, with Claudio Abado conducting. So the album cover looks like a grade school collage project on Spain. Guitars, bulls, fans, and red roses. But the piece of music itself is the real deal. The second movement is a stunner. It's so vivid in its narrative for me. It's like one of those pop-up books, and the hero is the guitar. The movement is sad, right out the gate, and our hero is really struggling, but it's at the end of the movement where things get really intense. So the guitar seems to have backed itself into a corner and is intensely over-explaining itself. The same three-note idea gets voiced in one octave and repeated one octave lower each time. It's, it's like a manic person repeating, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And when that doesn't work, 
it's clear that the best laid plans are getting more and more frenetic, like the slow race towards a panic attack. And then we get a little forum. It's a little call and response thing happening between the guitar and the strings. The strings go, speak. And the guitar, sort of messy and all over the place, says, I'm so fucked up. I'm just so fucking fucked up. And then the strings, they confirm with their single note pizzicato, true guitar. I will literally tear my skin off right now. Strings, yep, guitar. How can I quiet this buzzing inside of me? And then the fucking floodgates open and the most beautiful onslaught of orchestral witnessing takes place. The strings and the winds, they reflect the very center of the sorrow with no blinders or buffers. It's orchestral mothering. And then the guitar kind of clackety clacks over to their tangled bed and clambers in to lay down for some much needed rest. And their orchestral mom pulls the covers up to their chin and puts them to bed. Brow smoothing, cover tucks and all. Da 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 Boom. da 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 This is the baseline to a song from a musical. It's about adult things, relationships and stories too, sometimes even children's stories. Maybe you know it. I get into an arts high school and I get a big part in this show. It's heady and stark on the subject of what our adult lives might be like in the future. My mother is divorcing my father and acting out scenes of adult disentanglement in the musical feels crazily perfect in a meta kind of way. We all dive into that wild forest with abandon. I've always had a a particular relationship to bass notes. As a singer, you live in the melody, but the bass line supports you. It, it catches you. And then you have a conversation between the lower grounding harmonies and what you make of them in the melody line. It's like the company of the orchestra, the individual instrumental lines of whatever, all, all listening, all helping to tell the story. It's like when you're first learning to walk and you stand in between the tall towers of your parents, a hand in each of theirs, and they toddle you along, and you do too, like that. So one day in rehearsal, I'm singing one of the banner songs with its lyrics about growing up and about how even though we find ourselves alone in this world, that we will find company in the strangest of places. And while we are singing our hearts out, I start crying. I lay my head down in my scene partner's lap and I sob. 
It's right on the nose, the lyrics. It's no big mystery, but it's more the effect of those dotted bass notes. Dum. Da 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 nudging and cuddling me along like maternal killer whales. It just unlocks me. And singing the melody on top of that, it feels like the crying was just somewhere further down the spectrum from the notes I'm singing. We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. I wrote a short story. (laughs) Dramatic, overwrought, heavy on the symbols, if you know what I mean. But also, if you squinted past the gothic tone, you could read the legible sketch of what it had been like to witness the falling apart of my family. And my changed voice, tight and unsparing, after living in that war state for those final years of my parents' marriage. So, I wrote a story. My mother had remarried while I was still in high school, happily. But the story was not okay, I was told, after she had retired to a darkened bedroom to recover from it. It was clear I had been selfish in writing it, had been careless and unfeeling in sharing it with her. But I had wanted her to read it. I did. For two reasons. I wanted her to be impressed. I had gotten an excellent grade. The comments from my teacher in the margins were more like agreements from a colleague than academic correctives. But also I wanted to share how I was doing with it all. Well, that was betrayal. No matter it was true or that it was good writing. I put it away and we never spoke of it. I use a lot of silly voices in my life with my close friends and just, you know, as a person. I don't, I don't actually know why I call them silly voices. They are just other voices, but they are mostly to make people laugh or, you know, love me uh, more. I also do some silly singing voices, um, like, yeah, they're mostly uh, heightened operatic voices applied to non-operatic songs. So, yeah, no, it's more like... A, It is sort of silly. What have you got? Can you do accents? I mean, that can be a silly voice or a a racist voice, depending on your race. Oh, I did a cartoony Italian accent. Probably not Italian at all. When we were waiting for our new espresso machine, it was coming from Italy, and so I would do this, I would do this version of the postal service guy in Italy, something like, uh, oh, we need it together. 
machine to the family in Toronto because they are so sleepy and they need the coffee. I know I did. It seemed really funny at the time, but now it does seem a little inappropriate. Mm. <laughs> so I do others. Uh, can you do a, a good version of your parents? I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, when I do my mother, it's a funny voice because I give her a kind of imperiousness. And also she sort of laughs when she talks as if the whole world makes her sort of incredulous. And then I mix that in with just a mix in a little soupçon of Transylvanian vampire. So, I mean, it's like, um, Zorana, it's your mother calling on this cool autumnal day. This snit of your sulking, atrocious behavior, mommy bashing, Zorana, this is unacceptable. I'm your mother. I was a fabulous mother. Listen, I have no interest in your show, your, what is it, monologue, your little song and dance routine or whatever it is. Pick up the phone and call me. I was talking about silly voices to make you laugh. I decide to go for it, to pursue music for my life. I'm hooked, and I have been cradled by my arts high school experience. I come out of it sure of my specialness. I get into a good university in Montreal, far from my family. My sister is also far from Toronto, making a life in Vancouver. My father, after the divorce, this was the beginning of about five years where I didn't hear from him at all. I learn all kinds of things in my classes about sight singing and Italian diction and harmony and about scales, climbing up and down a ladder of pitches with my voice, navigating the particularities of being up high and down low. There were so many kinds. For instance, E. it was over too, but I still have to go all the way back down. It's just still going. Miles to go before I sleep. I could never understand that one. It didn't have any flow. And pivotal to the exercise was a breath every two notes. It was like being on a slow elevator that stops at every floor. So singing scales helps you to build technique. And technique helps you to create more space than normal in your body. It's that yawning-sized space and the bouncing around of the sound in that space that creates that superhuman amplified volume in classical voices. And here's the thing. The truly amazing thing that you will think is full-on bullshit. I remember the day Almost the exact moment when the thing singing scales was supposed to do happened. On that slow elevator scale. 
suddenly spilled into the other, causing it to bloom, to exist. And that formerly maddening breath, that was a manifestation of efficiency. It was the tank refilling, and I could see it happening. There is an abundance that you feel, and I want to be clear here. I am not talking about art or talent or even beauty. In that moment after school in a practice room, I am talking about pure airborne locomotion. And it's a thing that you built by working at it. It's, it's like finally learning to ride a bike. You know, you tried and you tried and then one day the incline was just steep enough to give you some speed and your father let go of the back of the banana seat and you kept both feet on the pedals and actually started pedaling when the speed from the hill wore off. When people ask me why classical singing, that's why. The the hard work, the brick by brick. That's, that's part of the answer. It's not the whole answer. I, I think back to my little problem with closing up like the top of a balloon. It's a complicated relationship that I have with shouting. I didn't know that alongside my allergy to it, there would also be something I can only describe as jealousy of the power it carried. I was drawn to making the sound of how you feel. I was actively seeking to become a greater than symbol. And I did it. So, I'm a dutiful soprano. And depending on the day, I'm thriving or wilting within the narrow, exquisite walled garden of classical music. It's beautifully, militaristically, precisely soothing. Take a minute. My university voice teacher is telling me to take a little break in the middle of grappling with the vocal exercise. He's calm and kind and twinkly. It's a habit of his to do this with everyone or maybe just with me. I think he can see that my desire to produce is short-circuiting my ability to remain attentive to the process. He might have some know-how about this because my mother has come to Montreal to visit me and I have brought her with me to this lesson. I'm singing Caro Mio Ben, standard repertoire for a young singer learning the ropes. Cor. 
it's basically a vocal exercise, a bit like reciting the times tables. But my mother, who sits to the side with her hand on her chest, eyes closed, making a sound, is hearing much more in it. And she is unable to wait for the final few bars of the accompaniment to finish before she clips the end of the song with, when do you think she'll be able to sing Madame Butterfly? Seems fair, right, the question? But I'm embarrassed by her naivete. Somehow it is a surprise to me that she knows nothing about the development of singing voices, about how my young soprano voice is not yet, or maybe ever, suited to Puccini's operas. In my apartment afterwards, we hash it out. I want my mother's approval of my workaday practice as an artist, but my pace, it's too slow for her. Gifts are just inherent in her mind. But... I am thrilled by the security of building something slowly and carefully, of hitting appropriate early milestones, like getting into good young artist programs or landing my first messiah. I have my own plan. And just that, the own plan part, well, that's not just measure that she sees in me. It's a lack of vision, of originality, specialness. She calls my standards, me, mediocre. The shape of this fight in the kitchen of my apartment starts out like a small swirl of wind, slowly picking up speed and tentacles like a tornado, And she is suddenly critiquing and pulling at any other details of my life that don't fit into the character of her daughter in her story. Her fantasy version. It's not that I'm not doing well enough here at school at all. It's that she can't even see me. There's no winning with her. She leaves with her expectations, her all-encompassing rose perfume. She packs up her version of me, wrapped in her Carnegie Hall reference points, and takes it with her. We fight interprovincially with standoffs of different kinds. It's around this time that I begin to get her poison letters. Where is my tongue? Lying flat on the bottom of my mouth or curled up slightly like a cobra? Muscles in my lower abdomen do when I'm singing a crescendo. Mein 
What does it feel like when there is no tension in my jaw, releasing it to assume an expression that I privately refer to as stupid face? Mein Blut will ich dir geben. Ah, how can I relax the tension in my throat, open up, surrender? at that time was so pleasurable that the technique seemed to obey it. Can you remember your first orgasm by yourself? The shock of the discovery, the jolt of the feeling, and the sound you made, or maybe sought to muffle, and later with a partner, sex. My sounds of ecstasy in those university years, they were like layers of plastic in a 3D printer, you know, slowly building up myself. It turns out that working on your voice can happen in a few different ways. It is harder to explain to the well-meaning relative asking you, how's the vocal training going? But you get it, right? The confidence, the pleasure in making those sounds. Siren songs, like physical beauty, they had a kind of magnetic quality to my lovers. And the sound of pleasure begets pleasure. And I had a desire to be heard and just to make those sounds that my body knew how to do without any warm-up, without any rehearsal. It just did. Through walls. Out of windows. Across the parking lot, south of the Dépanneur at St. Catherine and Peel Street in Montreal. That was part two of Mixtape, written and performed by Zorana Sadik. Part three is available now on Play Me. The director of the theatrical production was Chris Abraham. The music and sound design were by Thomas Ryder Payne. Mixtape had its world premiere at Crow's Theatre in Toronto in 2021. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can connect with us by emailing playme at cbc.ca. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Play Me through Google or Apple Podcasts. By subscribing, you can listen to all our past shows and you won't miss a single one of our new episodes. And while you're there, we would love it if you would consider rating and reviewing us. It helps spread the word about our podcast, bringing theatre to a whole new audience. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. Our associate producer is Mary Chris Rivera. A special thanks to our CBC team 
Anna Ashate is our digital producer, and our executive producer is Cecil Fernandez. The director of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani, and the executive director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.